0: Hey, podcast listeners! It's Jordan Jennings from the future. Anyways, uh, thought I would uh, <laughs> thought I would uh, give you a bit of a heads up uh, before this episode starts. I just want you to let you guys know that my performance in this episode was not very great. I was uh, coming off a hangover, and on top of that, I was very tired. It was we recorded this in the morning. Uh, I like to do these podcasts at night, but unfortunately, the way our schedules work out, sometimes it doesn't work out that way. And uh, I just didn't have enough caffeine to help me through as well. So if I sound very low energy as well as kind of out of it, that's why. So uh, nothing against uh, Trajan. He did a great job this episode, but I wanted to warn you uh, when, when it comes to my segment of the podcast, when I'm talking about my story, just keep that in mind. I do apologize. Um, But anyways, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for your understanding and uh, enjoy the episode.
1: Afternoon or evening to all uh, of our kind listeners out there listening to us either on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher. Mm -hmm. And uh, we also have social media and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of these things you can find us at Crook and Candle. That's Crook with an E. uh, C R O O K E A N D. C A N D L E. And uh again, welcome. It's uh it's morning here when we're actually recording this. It's 10 15 a.m. Yeah. And although it's Seattle, we're getting a tiny little bit of sunlight, which I'm very happy about.
0: Yeah, once we're done with this, I want to go out and be a be a be a sunflower. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh man, when the sun so comes the out, rays. yeah, when it comes out for a little bit, I go out and I don't stare at the sun, but I let you know, I kind of towards the sun, let it go into my eyes and hopefully raise my, uh, my, uh, how I feel because man, this, uh, weather change and everything really affected me this year. It kind of brought me down. And there's a couple things that happened so far at the end of this year that kind of brought me down a little bit, Mm -hmm. but with the, with the weather too, it was just kind of, you know, tough. And, uh, Wondering how you guys out there are doing, where you're from, how's the weather where you're at, and please don't tell me you're in Miami, Florida, or someplace like that because I'll get really jealous. (laughs) But today we actually have an interesting little story time. Um, By the way, my name is Trajan Anteus, and my great, awesome co-host, Jordan Jennings, is sitting next to me, and we love doing these. Uh, But we (laughs) want to do a little something different um, and kind of talk about the things that really got us into the things
0: that we're into. Right. But before we do that, let's that's just start by saying how's or how's your week going?
1: Ah, uh, my week's going pretty good. I yep. mean, uh Yeah, it's it's going all right. Yeah. Uh, you know. Nice. I hate it when it's again, when it's rainy and gray and that really
0: yeah so for that's, sure yeah yeah that's that's the kind of thing you get out here though in seattle so especially near the uh winter time and you know fall time and all that stuff winter is coming yeah yeah i've been hearing a lot of rumblings about it snowing sometime soon well i
1: think it's it's they're getting you know snow kind of in the uh
0: the mountains mountains yeah and stuff
1: like that so it hasn't hit us down here yet yet thankfully but uh
0: yeah I'm I'm doing good. How are you doing? How's your week? Um, it was definitely a lot better for sure. Um, than the previous week before. I'm not starving, thank God. I have <laughs> actual groceries and stuff. I I needed to make sure that I did that the moment I got paid, so you didn't have to eat all my eggs. Yeah, exactly. I, I bought my own <laughs> eggs this time. You know, hey, if you need help. I'm always
1: there for you, buddy. Yeah, thank you. I,
0: I do appreciate. All the help uh, the previous week before, before though. That, that uh, helped me get through, for sure. Um, also, yeah, the week's been good because uh, the new Halo game came out. Nerd! <laughs> yeah, Halo Infinite came out. How is uh, it? It's good. I really, really like it. I'm not going to say too much because I'd rather if, uh, if you're a nerd as well and uh, you're into Halo or you've been curious of playing it, I'd rather you play it for yourself but um but yeah uh, you, you've played far cry right yeah i have so it's kind of the, they changed the gameplay a little bit to be somewhat like that in fact i've been hearing a lot of people throw out far cry halo edition you yeah. know but but to be fair that's a little bit too much of a misnomer it's very similar in that it's an open world game this time but the way the gameplay is it's it's halo it's basically what you expect with some new additions and whatnot. Also the multiplayer is fun, although I'm not a huge fan of the micro transaction shit they've been doing with that, um, which hopefully they change a little bit how how that works. Cause like playing in fact, I've kind of taken a break from the multiplayer just because I like, like if I'm playing a competitive game, I like to be rewarded for doing well. Mm -hmm. and so far it's been not like that at all where it's like you basically can win a match get like kill taculars and like like double kills and 10 headshots in a row and you know win a match but you don't get xp for Mm -hmm. that you just get a stock amount of xp Mm -hmm. you know just for doing the match so i ended up seeing this thing happen where um people would just get into a match didn't matter what kind of match it was and just people would fuck around because you didn't need to win yeah you didn't need to win to do good you just needed to play the match
1: and you still get the same X
0: yeah you could lose or win and you still get the same amount of XP mm. and it was just like that that needs to change for sure before I consider getting back into it but well um, on to uh, yeah that's what we we're gonna talk yeah, let's about Let's move I mean- on
1: you've had a long standing love of games and uh, yes. content creation um podcasting yeah and uh i want to hear your story of when you got into it how you got into it what 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 got you into it
0: yeah that's a good question now to be fair like in terms of creativity like my creativity didn't just start with you know youtube or This it started off with, you know, traditional media like like uh, art and, you know, um, comics and manga and anime and stuff like that. And, you know, I learned how to draw and all that stuff. And that's that was initially how I was um, making my own like sort of creative stuff. Uh, That's how I expressed myself then. And I still go back to, you know, drawing and stuff like that, although I want to do it more. Um, I miss, I kind of I miss doing that, but I've just, you know, whatever. I'll get back to it eventually. Uh, but what got me into, like, doing video content creation and stuff like this, even the podcast, like, well, actually, the thing is, it's like, remember VHS tapes, children? Most of you probably don't. Most of the most of the Zoomers who might be listening to this, or the or the you know the late millennials, probably may well you might remember a VHS tape, but you mostly remember DVDs. Even that's becoming old now. Now it's Blu-ray, you know, and even then, eventually one day that that shit's just gonna be gone. Yeah, it's just it's moving towards just streaming. Yeah, yeah, just streaming. Basically, that's kind of where we're headed. Um, I still consume physical media, but that's not the point of this video. But yeah, like I actually um, remember my early days of shooting video or uh, making videos of my own was I uh, actually convinced my mom to like, like I think it was for Christmas actually, or my birthday or something like I, I want a camcorder, like a VHS camcorder to record my own videos. And she got me this rinky dink piece of shit, fucking VHS t- uh, like, small mini VHS tape mm-hmm. uh, recorder. Um, and, yeah, it wasn't that great of a cam- camera, but I had a lot of fun with it, just going with my friends and being stupid. We didn't... We, we tried to, like, reenact, like... Uh, like, <laughs> like we tried to, like, role-play as, like, a Solid Snake and Liquid Snake from Metal Gear, some shit. <laughs> like, my brother was Liquid, and, you know, we, we were just fucking fucking around. It was it was stupid. So that's kind of how I started with a video. But then the real thing that made it go from that to the modern age, of course, was YouTube. When that happened and and that's the thing when I first heard about YouTube, I was in um I was in high school and I started hearing about cuz cuz this was during the time where I was still like watching a um Tsunami and Adult Swim and stuff like that. So I was watching anime and, uh, and I'm st- I still watch anime. In fact, I'm working on a new anime whole episode uh, on a specific anime. That's kind of obscure um, But so far it's so good. It's just working on the notes for that, but um, So yeah, so I, I and what happened was Naruto was the big anime at the time
1: what year, what year around?
0: I think this was like around 2006, mm-hmm. I, I want to say 2006. But I started my channel around 2007, my first channel. But I didn't actually do that until um, way after because, like, when I first heard about YouTube, it was just, bro, there's this site where pe- people are uploading clips of Naruto. You could watch episodes of Naruto in like 15 parts because <laughs> each video had to be like 10 minutes long. Cause cause yeah, like and the only way you could like upload videos longer than 10 minutes, uh, which was like 20 minutes, you had to be like a partner at the time. But you know, most people couldn't even conceive of that at the time. But even then, most people didn't really know what YouTube really was. So what ended up happening was people started doing more creative videos. And uploading those like uh, people like uh, the AVGN angry video game nerd, originally the angry Nintendo nerd who did like his angry nerd persona and reviewing really shitty games from like the NES era and stuff like that. Like that. I grew up on that. That shit was funny because like I had an interest in retro games and then, you know, you know, his shit blew up. And then you know the other people, you know, like the the Star Wars kid, the the fat kid with the the baton thing oh, yeah, or whatever, and they that. someone animated like uh, lightsaber, lightsaber beams uh, on it. Which that, the story of that was pretty funny because like um, uh, this guy Wavy Web Surf does uh, videos like uh, talking about like viral internet things, like you know, but in, in a historical context. And uh, that story is pretty funny because it turned out that video like someone he recorded himself like in a uh, like a green room or something like that like at high school and he thought no one was watching he he just wanted to record his own stupid fat self Uh, excuse me that's insensitive I'm sorry I'm I'm being a fucking asshole right now plump 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 individual of uh, engorged girth I guess if that's what you want to, if that's how you want to say it. Um, But, um, but yeah, so I think, I think it was in Canada, actually. And uh, someone found the tape of him doing that. It was like, oh, we got to upload this to YouTube. And they just blew up. And, and Oh, yeah, no, I think what happened was someone just threw it in a Windows Movie Maker and then added, like, Star Wars music. Du, 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 du. And it didn't even have the effects at the time, but it just blew up. And then people made copies and copies and copies. But anyways, that's side tangent over. Um, yeah, I started to notice more people making videos and them going viral and then hearing about people even just being able to make a job out of that. You know, and but also just it was also but it wasn't even just about making a job out of it. It was also the fact that there were a bunch of people able to just express themselves in a way it, you because before you had to to even make movies or videos or anything like that uh, and, you know, get them out there. You had to essentially be in the TV industry or the movie industry or, uh, you know, radio even to just to be able to do stuff like this, even like the podcast, like before this, this didn't exist before it was radio. You want to get into radio, uh, fucking go to school, become like an audio engineer or something like that, or, or uh, whatever that takes, like, uh, I don't know, TV, audio, something like that or whatever. And then just, uh, maybe one day you'll become a fucking radio person. But, but now it's like, you could just do it on your, by yourself. And that was the appeal to YouTube. The appeal to YouTube was you could do it yourself. You don't need TV anymore. You don't need cable. You don't need radio. You can just do it yourself. And when I saw that, like, I, it, it appealed to me a lot. In fact, my first foray into making videos, uh, there was this uh, this game I found out about on the internet called uh, Mugen, like, uh, make your own. Fighting game emulator or something like that or whatever the hell it stands for the acronym, Uh, and uh, it was just people would like, just record gameplay footage, you know, of this and and I got into that. I wanted to work on that, and then you know, like got like a what was it Hypercam two or something like that. That was unregistered. You've probably like seen videos of like people who screen captured the their computer and it had like a thing it's like tw- 24 fps uh and fucking like in the c- top right corner just says unregistered hypercam 2 at the top hand corner like shitty 240p <laughs> fucking video looks horrible i did that shit <laughs> I, I did that shit myself in fact it was funny like going back to my first ever channel like those early videos, some of those videos that I did, like I actually got a lot of views, although those kind of videos weren't really sustainable. Um, like it was cool to see people like, um, like, uh, you know, uh, watch them and comment and stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, I, that, that I was very limited that, that ultimately, I knew that wasn't going, going to be the thing that jettisons me into becoming a superstar on the internet. So,
1: and yeah, you, you, I remember a long time ago when you got into YouTube that your dream was kind of like, there's this guy, PewDiePie who yeah became a millionaire and I want to be like, you know, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, yeah. PewDiePie. Yeah. Yeah. That was funny too. And yeah, it's kind of funny. Like really Kali. no, There's probably someone at the door. Um, Maybe the mailman or something. Uh, Yeah, no, yeah, PewDiePie, too. Like, yeah, he was kind of an interesting case because literally you just had this fucking, what, teenage kid at the time? Just like, no, girl, I put the ball away and she's whining about it. Mm. Don't do that. Otherwise, I'm going to put you in the room. Okay? In, In the room. In the room. So... Uh, So anyways, uh, I I don't know exactly what, no, actually I know what happened. So um, during my time on YouTube uh, doing gameplay videos and stuff, eventually I started uh, seeing people do uh, rant videos. Like the ranting community, like people like, uh, uh, there's this one guy I used to follow all the time, uh, Big L2K6. He was just this, you know, overweight dude in his room ranting about stupid crap and um, it was funny and, and I really liked it and it just so I'm like I want to do that I want to try to do something like that and uh, so I'm like I need to get like a microphone and a uh, webcam I got this so I if I remember correctly I went to uh, a Rite Aid back in San Jose and I was like I wonder if they because sometimes they would have like electronic stuff and so i found this really shitty usb mic and like the, there was this webcam that was branded as like webcam for dummies or some shit like your first idiot webcam because you don't know how to use a webcam i guess <laughs> so and it just had a manual like how to use your webcam and stuff like that i don't even think it worked I, I i don't even know if it worked properly I uh maybe it did i i don't remember but it was a long time ago yeah and then i started making my first on camera videos and I, god it was so it was so funny like this was at the time where i didn't even have my own personal computer it's like the computer i used was a windows xp machine that was in the living room and um so so i was doing these rants and hoping like my mom wasn't there <laughs> so i could just kind of do that stuff but sometimes she would be there and, uh, you know, she didn't even know what the hell was going on. She, she didn't even really know what YouTube was. So it's like, she, she just saw me recording a video of me, like talking about what, like uh, chicken shaped chicken fingers or some shit or whatever bullshit I was ranting about. Um, and that happened. But, uh, yeah. And then eventually one day, I, you know, it, it came to a point where I knew I could do other stuff. So then, I, I wanted to like do more gaming related videos with me and the the video and learning how to write a script and you know doing all these other things to try to become more professional quote unquote. It was still bad. It was bad quality. It wasn't like really good at all. Um, but because uh, yeah, if I just looking, I remember rewatching a lot of my content from that time, and just it was so awful. It was not good at all. Mm. It was really. Really bad, but um, but of course as time went on and as uh, technology got better and When I finally started getting a job, I started being able to invest in actual uh, better content and or or better uh, Hardware and stuff like that to be able to do things a little bit more efficiently And I just and I also just kept on trying to consume more content in fact This was during a point where people were starting to be more Like, uh, there was channels that were taken off that were just more about educating, Mm -hmm. you know, people to how to be a better YouTuber, how to get, you know, your first thousand subscribers, how, uh, to better tag your videos and write your descriptions and stuff like that. And I just partook in all that stuff. And, um, I eventually moved on from windows movie maker, which was really bad. Eventually eventually I moved on from that to like uh, Sony Vegas, which I did not officially own because I didn't have much money at the time. So I'm like, well, I want better editing software. So I'll just, you know, BitTorrent and stuff like that, which, by the way, buy things if you can. I'm not endorsing piracy, but uh, but I did. Uh, I will admit that. Uh, In fact, most people. Getting into the you know this kind of stuff, probably did that as well. So let's be completely real about that. You probably pirated fucking Adobe Premiere, mm-hmm. so someone's event that did it at least once, even like Corridor Crew. Like, I remember listening to their story of like how they started. They're like, Yeah, we just like got a crack copy of Adobe Premiere to, to, to edit our videos, you know. So, that, yeah, you, again, it's like you try to do it by yourself and if you don't have much resources you find ways to do it and that's kind of how i did it so i started learning with sony vegas and learning how to do more non-linear linear editing and uh it was definitely a lot more rudimentary at the time when i was uh, doing it because i just i didn't have the skill at the time to edit in ways that were more professional um but of course over time i learned how to get better at it and make videos that were better. In fact, uh, there was one channel I did back when I was living in, uh, um, I think it was the last apartment I lived in with my mom out in um, San Jose. I uh, Yeah, like I made this one channel called, uh, I think it was like The Betty or something like that. Or The Betty, B-E-T-T-E-H. That channel doesn't exist anymore because I deleted it. But that channel, I want to say ended up getting like 10,000 subscribers. In fact, this is kind of one of my biggest regrets now at the time. Well, I say biggest regret, I guess it's not much of a regret because uh, at the time I just did not have much to, to work with really. I had a shitty laptop. I didn't have a good computer to, uh, it was dying on me. And so in the moment I, I think I'm the moment I made, I made this one video. I was pretty well edited for what it was. Um, there were some people that hated it because of the, of the some of the editing choices I did, but that got like I want to say over a hundred thousand views. Wow, or something like that and it ended up getting me like 10,000 subscribers. and I think at that time I was just very overwhelmed mm-hmm. with that because I because hey, I just I didn't have the means to to really or I, I did have I could make more rudimentary videos like that but again my computer was dying and all that stuff and it's just still the moment i had this audience it's like i don't even know if i can t- it just kind of became this overwhelming thing where i just didn't know if i could do it again maintain it and yeah. maintain it so I, I kind of felt guilty because i was trying to do that same kind of video again but it, it just the computer was dying and all that stuff i'm like i can't do it anymore and people kind of just turned on me when i did that so i'm like you know what Fuck it i'm deleting the channel so I, I kind of wish I didn't delete the channel. I wish I kept it around, but you know is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah, exactly. You live and learn. Um, and now fast forward. I've uh, made several other channels. Um, now now I'm doing you know uh, the podcast, which even the podcasting thing, it's like how that started was uh, when I moved to Portland because uh, you moved first then my brother moved second then i followed him and the first ever podcast we did in fact i don't even know what caused me to want to do it i th- i think part of it was like just seeing podcasting becoming more popular with like joe rogan mm-hmm. the joe rogan experience and stuff like that and being like oh wow radio like a but in like a episode format and it's not necessarily live and although you can do it live and stuff like that nowadays but but I've know. seen
1: you actually do that a couple times with
0: it, with uh,
1: modern content creation is kind of when something new comes out, you want to want to try it. See out. how. Yeah. Yeah. And as a you know, like just like with the editing, you know, you've went on to we've went on to form
0: a film production company and now you're my you're my head editor. Um, yeah. And even then it's like eventually I know I want to get to a point with that where. I'm not the only editor, because mm-hmm. especially because especially the bigger we get, we're going to need more help, obviously. So but um, but that's why we're starting small. Mm-hmm. We're not worried about doing it big right now. But um, that's for another time. Um, but, but yeah, but, but what I was going to just because I
1: remember hearing about you being a YouTube a YouTuber youtuber i think that was probably 2007 2008 something like that right which when i was told that i didn't even know what a youtuber was um but i just remember you always being painfully shy right and uh when i saw your videos it was it was the night and day difference it it really like freed you up to be yourself Mm -hmm. and and you know be out there as far as what you're doing um how did do you think you've grown from the experience do you think it's helped you kind of come out of your box a
0: little bit um or a lot of bit as it may be i think i i i I mean yeah i guess so uh well that's that's a i guess a tough one because i think i i think if anything i've grown the most and became more out of my box or got out of my box more, just uh being not with my parents mm. or or living on my own. Mm-hmm. you know, because that meant I had to learn how to be more personable and you know, uh you know how I come off to people and stuff like that. Uh, now, I will say that doing like YouTube videos and like uh you know getting in front of a camera and stuff like that it definitely helped with me like, you know expressing myself and trying to articulate my thoughts a lot better and um, to be able to express myself in a way that was not just drawing or anything like that. Um, So I guess in a way it helped with that, but I don't know. I mean, I'm still a shy guy. I I still am pretty reserved. Uh, I'm trying to be more open nowadays and not try to, you know, push people away and not try to you know be too inward but but you know uh, i i don't know I, th- I think it helped a little bit but as far as like me improving as far as like uh getting out of out of my shell it, it was more so just having to experience life and you know be on my own mm. i think that, that i think that was a bigger thing mm. more so but but yeah, it definitely helped in some ways. Hmm. I feel well. I'm gonna tell my story now. Okay,
1: <laughs> we're on. I'm on kind of a, a time constraint today because I have a big tattoo I'm gonna be doing, and uh, a little later, well, pretty soon actually. But um, yeah, I as far as me and my creative journey, um especially with tattooing, because that's what I do professionally, for the most part. Um, I grew up very religious, and back in the 70s and 80s, tattooing was very different than what it is now. It's very popular now. It's part of popular culture. Um, And uh, back then, it it was definitely different. And I lived in Southern California so in the 80s if I saw a tattoo it was it was pretty much gang related mm. and I've always wanted to be a fine artist a painter um, so I didn't like tattooing um, my first real exposure to what tattooing could be came when I had drawn a picture of uh, an angel with big boobs <laughs> sitting on a cloud and I uh, You know, at the time I kind of had to, when I would draw, you know, I drew like a swamp thing and different ghost rider and, you know, a lot of skull heads and I would have to hide them. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes I'd come home and my mom would have went through my room and found art and torn it up and said, that's satanic. Um, So I kind of had to, I really would hide my art, but I did this picture Of this you know attractive female angel sitting on a cloud and one day it disappeared and I assumed my mother had gotten to it but she never said anything about it so I kind of thought well maybe she just doesn't want to talk about sex or porn or something like that you know ask me you know embarrassing question you jacking off to this anyways A couple months went by, I went outside, and my friend Dino, who I've mentioned before, saw me and was like, hey, 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 Jay, uh, what do you think about tattoos? Now, my friends, I was about 18, my friends at the time, probably around 15 years old, started doing little stick and pokes on themselves, and I was not into it. And so he asked me what I thought of tattoos, and I was like, they're dumb, you guys are, you're going to regret it, this and that. And my little brother, who was sixteen at the time, just kind of shook his, or he kind of hung his head, because he really looked up to me. And uh, I'm like, "You got a tattoo," and I immediately grabbed for like his uh, jeans, like his, you know, that where his ankle was. Mm-hmm. And he turned around, lifted up his shirt, and there was my angel on his back. <laughs> and I wanted to tell him he was an idiot, but it was my art and that kind of changed everything a little bit around it. Cause I was like, wow, you, wow, you could do that. Oh, okay. But then I think, uh, fast forward a couple years, so I was 23. I'd had you, mm-hmm. you, you know, and your brother. And I went into this tattoo shop called Deleeps leaps, um, in San Jose, California and picked this, tribal little tribal off the wall said put it on my arm my right arm my upper arm and i want it to be able to just stick out just a little bit from my t-shirt because i had a plan i knew that your mother if she saw it it, she'd freak out Mm. and so i went over you know a week or so after I got the tattoo and I'm sitting on the couch, you know, I wanted to see my boys Mm -hmm. and she was in the kitchen I'm sitting there and all of a sudden she kind of goes, what, what's on your arm? Wait, is that a tattoo? And she flipped out. Oh, that's so dumb. And I was like, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) You know, finish him, you know, kind of, (laughs) I felt like I, so she got really ticked off. Sure. And, uh, then, Maybe a couple months after that, I got my second tattoo, which was on my back. Again, kind of little tribal. And uh, it hurt so freaking bad that I asked someone for a piece of paper and a pen. Mm. And I drew. I sat there and drew while the tattoo was being done. And I, I drew this demon of pain because uh, I was in so much excruciating pain. And so once it was over, you know, the the tattoo artist, uh, XL, Paco XL, he, you know, he's like, that's all done. He's wiping me down. Then he looks down at the what I drew, and he was like, dude, you can draw. And I'm like, yeah, I've been drawing since I was little, you know. And he goes, do you want an apprenticeship? And so apprenticeships are kind of hard to come by right normally you have to hang out with the artist get tattooed by the artist and kind of talk to the the artist about the possibility of it right you know and you spend money and eventually if they if you keep hanging out and you know showing interest they might offer to take you on as apprentice but i was i was a highly advanced artist uh, at 23 and You know, he he offered and I said, no, because I did not want to be a tattoo artist. And then he's like, you got to meet my boy, Adrian, Adrian Lee, because your art's similar. And so I think a couple days later, I came down with my portfolio and we walked over to where Adrian was, was, uh, had his studio Mm -hmm. and showed him. And same thing. I liked his art. He liked my artwork. And he said, you want an apprenticeship? And I said, Nope. And so I turned it down. And then maybe not long after that, maybe within a year, I was hanging out with my buddy Zebediah, who's a comic artist, in his backyard, and he's sitting there playing like Led Zeppelin on acoustic. And I'm reading a tattoo magazine, because I have two tattoos now. And I was reading in the magazine, there was this part that was kind of like a tattoo shop, uh, highlight, highlight on some s- tattoo shop. And, you know, the photographer had taken pictures of the artists in the interior of the tattoo shop and people getting tattooed and they're smiling and throwing up peace signs and stuff like that. And actually, I remember this one picture of this one artist. He's looking at the camera, but he's tattooing and he's just smiling. And I thought to myself man, I just got to figure out some way to do art and make money. And I think literally at 10, the count of 10, and I only thought this, the count of 10 goes by and Zeb suddenly stops playing guitar and he goes, Hey man, how much would it cost me to buy you tattoo equipment? And uh, I was like, I don't, why would you do that? He's like, you're the best artist I know and you should get paid doing what you, what you love. And so just in that moment, I was open to anything artistic that could make me money. Mm -hmm. And so I said, I don't know how much it would cost, but I could find out. And he said, you know, find out and I'll cut you a check. And so, yeah, I found uh, Kaplan and Sons out of New York. Uh, They had a kit for like 800 bucks and he cut me a check. And that started the the whole thing. And then I went back to the people that offered me apprenticeships. And then they were not taking apprentices at that time. So I was just kind of working on it, doing little tribal tattoos. And then um, I was at a punk rock uh, baseball game, softball game. So everyone's got, you know, their 40s when they're on base and (laughs) everyone's drinking. And, you know, here, I'm going to I'm going to pitch the ball. But first, let me drink my 40. Okay, strike, you know. (laughs) And uh, there was this girl, Benicia. I was sitting there drawing, and this girl, Benicia, said, Oh, you're really good at art. You should be a tattoo artist. And I said, Well, I'm trying. You know, I've done like six tribal, little tribal tattoos, and, you know, I'm trying. And she she said, Oh, well, you know, I work at this place, Players Inc., and they're looking for um, an apprentice so she hooked it up. It was a Thursday. I'll never forget. I went in, had my portfolio. This is back in the time when they had those little disposable cameras. So when I would do a tattoo, the little cardboard camera, I would take a picture of what I did. So I, I had done six tattoos and I think the camera, I could have taken 24 exposures, but I went and got them, you know, got the, the, uh, the photographs developed the six photographs I went in I had my portfolio and the guy I can't remember his name but he's like welcome come on in yeah you know you know how you doing this and that and so uh he says uh let me see what you got and I took out the six photographs first and he looked at them and he said, do you have any more than this? I said, no, those are the only six that I'm, I've done. Mm. And then right about that time, he's like, well, what do you got in your portfolio? And right then, because they were looking for someone because it was just the owner who was a tattoo artist and a second tattoo artist. And so all of a sudden the second tattoo artist came out and they unzip or I unzip my portfolio. I open it up. And it had all these drawings that were like in pencil, but they were really good. And they're sitting there looking at these things and they're not happy. They're they're looking at each other and they have this look of concern on their face. And and I'm I, you know, as an artist, I'm like, oh my God, they think I suck. <laughs> and I must I'm like, I must suck. I must not not be a good enough artist. And so all of a sudden, the second artist, he just walks away. Didn't even introduce himself. Didn't say a word to me. And the guy, the owner says, uh, so do you got any more pictures of tattoos that you've done? And I said, no, I already told you. These are the only ones I've done. And he zips up my portfolio. And he's like, well, you know, we're not looking for a tattoo artist or a a tattoo apprentice right now. And I said, "Yes, you yes, you are. That's why I'm here. I had an appointment cuz you need to, you're looking for an apprentice. What's going on?" And he said, he kind of hung his head and paused for a minute and then he said, "All right, I'll tell you the real deal." And he said, "You're a better artist than me. <laughs> and you're a better artist than him." Oh, okay. And if I taught you how to tattoo, Within a year, you would be better than us, and you could quit and open your own shop and take our our clients. You are overqualified, yeah, yeah. so to speak. And I was incensed. I was so pissed. I'm like, "This is bullshit!" <laughs> and I stormed out of there. Got about halfway down the block, and I burst into tears. Wow. because I'm like, seriously, yeah, I'm sure. too good. How you are you serious? So I was crying for a block because I'm like, how there's no way I'm going to be able to get into this world if I'm too good. I mean, what the heck? Right. And then I kind of pulled myself together. And I remember I I said, wait, okay, wait. What did he say? He said, I'm better than they are. And so I said, you know what? Well, you know, screw screw a uh, apprenticeship. I'll just keep tattooing, and the people that had offered to apprentice me, when they told me, well, one of them was like, "I have an apprentice, so I don't want, I don't need another one," and the other one was like, "I've had two apprentices since I offered it to you, and both of them broke my heart." Mm-hmm. You know, they they learned from me and then just left and went to some other shop, and so they, he wasn't taking apprentices either. But they both said to me you're a really good artist. We know you're, you're really wanting to do this. So if you have any questions, call me up. I'll, I'll answer them for you. So if I was tattooing someone and the needle was kind of getting caught in the skin, you know, I could give Paco a call or go to the shop and be like, yeah, you know, I've been getting caught in the skin and oh, the needle's out too far. And so they would answer my questions. So I started tattooing, uh, uh, shortly after that, because that's probably about ninety eight, I I continued to tattoo here and there, and then eventually I moved to Oakland, uh, the beginning of two thousand or ninety nine really, and uh, end of ninety nine, and uh, I was tattooing, and I continued to tattoo, but again it wasn't daily. It was I had a regular job, I had a corporate job. Um, but I would tattoo people kind of on the side and, uh, eventually it was 2002 and I got laid off from the job I was at and I knew I got, I was going to get, um, unemployment. So at that point I'm like, well, let me see where this tattooing thing would, can take me. Mm-hmm. And, um, I never even considered going and going to a tattoo shop and asking for a job because I figured, hey, you know, to get a job tattooing, you have to do an apprenticeship. So I was just kind of tattooing, tattooing. And then the three months came up, my girlfriend at the time said, you know, you know, reapply, tell them you haven't been able to find anything. So I did, they gave me another three months. And then this one thing happened which was, uh, I was tattooing my friend Camila. I was doing like a kind of an ankle tattoo. And when I was done, she said, oh, hey, are you gonna come down to the Ruby Room? Which was this bar down the street from my studio. And uh, I said, yeah, let me just clean up, I'll meet you there. And uh, eventually I went down there, and I you know, sat at the, at the bar, I ordered a, a, a beer, and a couple minutes later, the bartender kind of slid a, a shot to mm. me. And I was kind of like, what's this? And he points over at the end of the bar and this this guy, you who I knew who was a tattoo artist. And uh, yeah, I, I you know, cheersed him. And then he said, come, you know, come over here. And I came over and he says, hey man, I keep seeing you tattooing our friends. Cause we all, we kind of shared friends. Mm. And, uh, I'm like, yeah. And he goes, who, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty good. Like who, who apprenticed you? And I said, I have never been, i never got an apprenticeship. I said, really? Okay. Well, I just bought a tattoo business in San Rafael and I'm looking for, you know, artists, you want a job. And that was how I started professionally as a tattoo artist. And, uh, you know, it's been a long long and varied uh, career. And I definitely, you know, my again, my dream has always been to be a fine artist, and I continue to paint. And uh, eventually, within the next five years, I'd like to retire. I wanted to retire by this year, but I'm going to continue on for a couple more years while I get my whole fine art life situated. Right and I definitely want to go in that direction one day right but that's kind of the story of how I got into tattooing it was almost through attrition yeah and hard-headedness um, but yeah it's, it's this is kind of a story I will tell to clients yeah um, you know just to keep them entertained as I'm working on them but yeah it was very interesting getting into the the world I've gotten into and now just like with you you know Pretty much, and I know that's something that we're working on getting you into doing to where your life shifts from having that second job. Yeah, you know, to getting to a point where you're just working on all your creative endeavors. And uh, yeah, so I mean, I look at tattooing as like my job, you know, but it's it's super creative, so I get a lot out of it, mm-hmm. and I'm always getting to do artwork. But yeah, I want to know what our clients or what our clients, what are our listeners out there, kind of doing. And uh, yeah, if you have a dream, what's your dream? What are you trying to become? And how how is it for you? Is it hard? Is it has it been easy? But yeah, I guess that's the end of my story.
0: Yeah, um, actually, I've been meaning to because um, when we posted the last episode because I cause remember how I mentioned that I was looking for names mm-hmm. to change my name to, mm. or uh, first names specifically. Well, I got a comment from uh, from our friend Topcat59. He, he commented okay. again, <laughs> and I read it, and it made me laugh. Um, so Topcat, if you're listening to this, uh, thank you for the comment. Um, but yeah, this is what he said, and this is in all caps, by the way. I like the name Dan. To me, it sounds like a guy that is into things that people have no interest in and a guy that is very passionate about their interest and have pretty interesting opinions about certain subjects and not a lot of people are named Dan Catface. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Look at that. <laughs> I believe. Really, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah he, he literally typed it in all caps. That's funny. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Nickname. I
1: kind of have a name for you. Oh, you Just a nickname. A
0: nickname? Okay. What? I've been thinking about this too
1: all right (laughs) and I was like if I was gonna call you something I'd call you Ozzy Ozzy why well multiple reasons actually Um I remember when you guys were really young, coming to my art studio way, way, way back, and I would play like Black Sabbath. Uh,
0: okay. Or All I'd right. play,
1: you know, Ozzy Osbourne, and, yeah. and I would say the song would a song would come on, and I'd be like, "Hey, kids, who's this?" And you were pretty good at it. you'd be like, "Who's this?" And you, oh, Pink Floyd. Who's this? Oh, that's Black Sabbath. You know, <laughs> who's this? Metallica, and you know, you kind of went on actually i have that picture over there right there that picture with you Uh, oh yeah and and Uh, julian's wearing a a pin (laughs) of the shirt pentagram for the band pentagram but back then (laughs) that that picture of you with the short hair that's i remember that's when you were first making
0: youtube videos right yeah that was yeah around or yeah around 2007 but now you're
1: uh, now you're like a bearded long hair yep yeah, and, and uh, you know, you like putting on the studded gloves and stuff like that. Yeah. You, you I catch you listening to metal all the time. Uh, yeah, so. I,
0: yeah, I listen to metal more than I ever have. Yeah, because um, just especially with metal, it's just something about it. Yeah, not only just appeals to me, but it's just, um, I don't know. It's it speaks to me. Yeah, in a way that uh, most other music doesn't really do. Yeah. So, but yeah, I. I I've been I've been thinking about it. actually yesterday I was like I wonder how he'll
1: react when I'm just like Hey Aussie have you felt fed the dogs today <laughs> You know and he'd be like Aussie what Well I'm I'm curious <laughs> That's I just mean, a nickname though I
0: call you Ozzy as a nickname uh, Okay Well <laughs> Yeah uh, Yeah So Okay So the, the impetus for calling me Aussie is just because I like metal Is that
1: Yeah I mean I mean it's just your personality. You know, it's it's a bunch of things tied up together.
0: Sure. It, it's, you know,
1: you you out of like out of my two kids, mm-hmm. you're the one that will listen to metal mm-hmm. and old metal. Yeah. You know, and you're. I look at you. As a very kind of unique person. Mm. And I look at Ozzy osborne as a very unique person you know yeah absolutely and so like out of nicknames i was like that one just kind of popped it did it it, it didn't even take me long to like come up with it i was just like what would what would it be a good nickname and just ozzy and i you know at one there's an homage to one of my favorite you know musical people uh you love metal you know Mm -hmm. and uh just the the kind of person you are. I just, I'm like, I kind of, kind of fit somehow, Ozzy. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, I guess we can, we can, we can try it on. I'm just going to start calling you Ozzy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go for it. See, we'll see how, um, how I take to it. But, uh, but all right. Yeah. I, I guess we can go with that. Yeah. Well, you know what you
1: have to do. But When, when people, when, so say you go into work. Hey, what's your name? Yeah. And so and you're like, oh. well, if you reach out, you know, you, there's servers and stuff, and, you know, anyone's, talking to you and you just hey what you know what's your name and the girl's like oh my name's melissa what's your name and you go well, oh, jordan but everyone calls me ozzy <laughs> and, and that'll stick i know it will people oh, yeah. are like oh ozzy <laughs> okay that's cool because easy to remember sure it's like kind of an iconic
0: name sure yeah okay all right i'll have to have try to, it on. Yeah, I'll try it on. See how it fits, <laughs> and if the glove fits, I'll, I'll I'll stick with it. Yeah. So um, but yeah, all right. Yeah, sure. I'll go with that. Um, thank you, Top Cat, for the name Dan. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, I, unfortunately, I'm not going to go with that name. I I do I do appreciate the suggestion, though. I in fact, I appreciate that you comment on my videos in general, or and our on our podcast as well. So, uh, thank you for listening to the podcast, Top Cat. I really do appreciate that. Um, yeah, and I think that's about it for the podcast. We've been going on for about 15 minutes. Uh, I can do the outro if yeah, you want. Yeah,
1: the outro. I got to take a shower. Yeah, yeah, head, yeah, head yeah, yeah.
0: You can go do that, and I'll, I'll do all the outro stuff. Um, don't want to keep you hanging, especially if you got busy things to do. So, anyways, uh, that's Trajan. Um, say goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Um, And, uh, yeah, I'll just do the plugs for the social media and our distributions, like I said, or like Trajan said at the beginning of the podcast. We have our podcast available on pretty much most major podcast distribution platforms, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and Stitcher. That is where you can find us. And then uh, as for social media, we have a presence on Facebook, which you could also listen to the podcast there. Currently on the app, not on the website itself, because we have the RSS feed going straight to Facebook. So you could actually listen to our podcast through Facebook as well. But yeah, we have a page, a Crook and Candle podcast page, where any episodes that come out, uh, we post them when they go live. Also, Instagram, we have an Instagram and then a Twitter. The username is pretty much the same Crook and Candle. Or at Crook and Candle, basically that's how you can find us. And uh, again, it's Crook with an E at the end, C R O O K E A N D C A N D L E. So that's where our that's where you can find us. And then on top of that, uh, in the description of every podcast, we have our bio dot link, which has all the links necessary uh, t- so you can find us. Also, feel free to reach out to us, send us a DM, send us a question or uh if you follow us on oh yeah I forgot we have a youtube as well that that's true I almost forgot about that but yeah uh we have a youtube as well we post the podcasts on youtube as well eventually uh I don't, maybe the next episode we'll actually try doing a video format like an actual on screen raw on video um we weren't able to do it for this episode cuz uh we kind of s- slipped th- 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 we kind of slipped on the ball of uh, getting uh, things uh, kind of set up in time, um, so I do apologize. But uh, but yeah, we'll we'll have to discuss that next uh, next week, and we'll try and do that next time. So, um, anyways, thank you guys for watching. I am Jordan, and uh, Trajan wa- is in the shower. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for wa- uh, listening slash watching, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Keep it real, and uh, have a good one.